this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. Today, we are offering five conversations from episode 34, our discussion with Stephen Harrison and Mazen Nuruddin reviewing important drug development presentations and posters from the Easel Congress 2023, plus a vault episode addressing a similar topic after last year's liver meeting from AASLD. Mazen Nuruddin starts this conversation by stressing the importance of omics, particularly metabolomics, in creating a single blood-based measure we can standardize evaluation around, or if not just one, a small set of standard tests. He goes on to describe breakthrough obesity presentations at the ADA meeting and returns to the question he raised in episode 31. Do we need NASH drugs given how powerful the upcoming Cretan agents will be? He simply says, yes, we do. Stephen Harrison returns to Mazen's comment about omics and states his preference for additional omics works, albeit with some skepticism about proteomics. That said, he questions whether omics will get us far enough and expresses hope that epigenetics might get us even further and to a simple yes-no answer. The rest of this conversation has Mazen, Stephen, and Jorn Schottenberg discussing biomarkers and omics issues. Stephen wraps up the conversation by noting that we will have plenty to talk about in this area for years to come and mentions AI as another key area for future growth. This conversation covers a lot of ground on drug development, analysis of trial results, and the upcoming increases in importance of omics and artificial intelligence. It was a great birthday present for me from some of my favorite surfers, and I hope it's a present to you as well. It's quite a lot to digest, very exciting to consider. So sit back, listen, learn, enjoy. And when you're done, join the dialogue in our LinkedIn discussion group. Mazen Nuruddin. Let me echo that, actually. It's a great question, Jorn. I personally think metabolomics and others, uh, like proteomics and you name it, those are areas with, that we really should tap on uh, more closely. Uh, you have different thoughts of schools now. People say FIB4 followed by scan is enough. Uh, I think it's very helpful. But science advance when you challenge the status quo. Can you just get a blood test in t- instead of blood and imaging tests to be your future A1C? And if I want to bet on anything, I think the work in metabolomics is very promising to get the A1C that we look for in liver, which also will cover holistically the rest of the body, including the fat, pancreas, and heart. Like work that Owl and other companies have been doing and been implementing clinical trials have been critical. I want to add back to the complexity of the oral versus injectable. One thing that all of us secretly wished that we would be fly from easel to the ADA, which we usually don't go to, and there were breakthrough presentations in that meeting leading to significant weight loss. And I would not be surprised if they enter the world of NAFLD and NASH. And I made this comment with Roger in a different broadcast. A lot of people started questioning if we have enough for the NASH field, especially after the oral now showing such a high efficacy and weight loss. And my answer to Roger was, one, there's a huge withdrawal rate. There's non-compliance. There's reimbursement issue. But more importantly, also, I quoted a, a recent paper that came out at The Lancet that the projection for type 2 diabetes in 2015 is 1.3 billion people. So I don't think the drug development with that discontinuation rate and prices and all this will catch up to that 1.3 billion diabetic patients, which will translate to many NAFLD and advanced fibrosis patients. Stephen Harrison. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, I think the oral data that's coming out looks very nice. It's studied in a very homogeneous patient population. I haven't seen a lot of 
rash patients with advanced fibrosis subjected to that drug. And of course, the AE profiles don't look that much different than the injectables. So we're still going to have issues. You made a comment that I think is taking us a little bit tangential to drug development into the biomarker development space. And you made a comment about metabolomics. And I agree with you on the lipidomics part of that. Where I'm a little skeptical is on the proteomics. And I know that's a little bit sensitive because Somalogic is working hard here to develop a biomarker. But you know, when we look at this in the litmus cohort and we look at some of the data that we're publishing, we don't have a biomarker that we can get above an AROC of 0.8 yet, either for detecting at-risk NASH or detecting uh, pure fibrosis at the F2 or greater level. And then when you translate that to likelihood ratios, which I know you're a big fan of, we're not seeing likelihood ratios above five. So what number do we really need to hit to where we have confidence in giving a primary care doc a tool that says, look, if you hit this number, you have a high degree of confidence that the patient has disease or they don't have the disease. And to me, where in addition to lipidomics, we may be going is the epigenetic field. Methylation patterns on some of these DNAs amongst these different patient phenotypes could potentially be very impactful and give us a binary yes-no answer without an indeterminate zone and likelihood ratios that may get us into the teens. I don't know. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because a lot of work is being generated there as well. This sounds fun episode, Stephen. So I'm in agreement with that. To give the field of omics a credit, and I'm biased to this data, you know, like, and you're on this paper that coming out in hepatology, which is metabolomic based score called the massive score. We reached around 0.8-ish or high 0.79 or 0.8-ish. And I can comment on that higher 0.8 that uh, the, the traditional answer is like, we're looking into imperfect gold standard, which is liver biopsy, and we don't have to go into the ballooning and all this. And in that paper, the massive score as at risk NASH performed better than the fast score, which is slightly better. I don't think it was statistically significant, but you're comparing blood test with an imaging test that need referral and need the machine to be bought. And back to the imperfect test, I think we should connect these at-risk NASH eventually to outcomes and where the biopsy will not matter anymore. And we will look at their AUCs, MPVs, PPVs, and all the accuracy and the likelihood once we connect them to outcomes. But we need more studies with outcomes in a prospective fashion. Jörn Schattenberg. You know, I think I, I agree with you, uh, Mazen, also that the imperfect gold standards will disallow us from reaching higher than 0.8, as you said, Stephen. And if we're able to have large enough cohorts and record the outcomes of interest, this will be really the way forward. And then changing those biomarkers, of course, of interest. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I think you're spot on. And, you know, look, that's going to be plenty of fodder for us to talk about in coming podcasts as this whole field of non-invasive tests evolves, whether it's a blood-based biomarker or it's an imaging biomarker, it's a combination of the two, you guys and are two of the pioneers that are really leading this initiative. One of the other initiatives that I think is gaining traction out of the liver meeting was the AI world, you know, the AI digital path, some elegant uh, work being done by Histo Index, as well as being done by Path AI, among others. I don't want to single those two out, but uh, I know there, there are other AI digital path companies out there working hard to generate data that's helpful as well. But, you know, very nice presentations presented. And now back to Roger. 
We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded this conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. Next week, we'll be back with more discussion on major stories from the Easel Congress. Until then, stay safe, surf on, and we'll see you again on the podcast. Bye-bye now.